0: Right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. This is session number 163, uh, and uh, tonight we are returning to Saruman's great oratorical performance, his attempt to persuade Gandalf um if, uh, if indeed that is exactly his intent uh, as we will discuss later today but um, I'm excited to get back into things thanks everybody for joining me here today um I know of course there's uh, yeah there's nothing else you had to do tonight and I uh, you know since there's nothing else much going on wait let me say that again there's nothing much going on so you can just, Sit back and pay attention to something really important, which impacts all of our lives in a deep and profound way, such as Saruman and Gandalf's discussion. Uh, so here we go. Let's jump. Let's just jump straight. into I'm not even doing announcements for fear of pointing to something outside of uh, outside of class. We're just we're just we're here. So this is what we're talking about. All right. Um, So we're not going to redo this, but this is the slide from last time, which I kept uh, at the front here today uh, because I wanted to have it here to refer to because I wanted to kind of jump back and forth. So looking at sort of the shape of things here, right? Remember we had the, uh, because I want to make sure that we're seeing the overall trajectory of Saruman's approach, because that strikes me as really important here. Um, Even though we haven't discussed the whole thing from the beginning, I think that's going to be pretty important. So we begin with his declamation, right? The elder days are gone, the middle days are passing, and we were seeing all of the red flags that he's throwing up throughout that, right? As we discussed last time. And then he deliberately adopts a different posture, right? Different tone of voice, different body posture, uh, approaching him physically, right, to come nearer uh, and speak in a softer voice, Uh, as if conspiratorially, though they're alone and nobody can overhear them, right? So, uh, but, you know, listen, Gandalf, my old friend and helper. Um, one of the questions I was asking last time was whether he slips up there, we were talking about that. I still kind of think that he did. Uh, this then is one choice before you, uh, before us, uh, I think might well be a slip up on his part there. But um, uh, we spent a lot of time last time also talking about the really uh, intriguingly, I think, uh, intriguingly. Amb- Ambiguous way uh, in, in which Saruman talks about—I just realized—I don't need these right now. Um, the ambiguous way in which Saruman talks about the uh, uh, the the power, right? Um, whether he's he's not naming Sauron because that would be, you know, a little bit aggressive, right? Hey, let's join Sauron. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Um, but he's also depersonalizing him, which seems like a bit of an insult, speaking of him almost more like a natural resource to be sort of tapped rather than an ally to be joined exactly. And then that implication we were kind of talking about how um, he's not necessarily just saying straight out, I am the power that is rising, uh, but he is kind of leaving it open, right? Should that there could be a. There's some uncertainty, right, about exactly who the power should be, and that's the sort of, in my view, the final effect of his depersonalization of the power here, right? Because he's not talking about, let's join Sauron. That would imply a kind of loyalty to Sauron himself, like, Sauron is a great guy, I think we should totally throw in with him, because he's awesome. And that's not in any way, at any point, and for any reason, what Saruman is saying, right? so it does leave it open, such that if the power that is growing should basically come around to him instead of to Sauron, uh, that um, uh, that things would um, uh, things would uh, almost all the things that he says would be related to him. And then, of course, we talked we looked at uh, you know one of the most famous and overt. Uh, not discussions exactly, but sort of statements of the whole uh, uh, me, uh, subjugating the means to the ends, um, you know, uh, not discounting the means so long as the proper ends are achieved, and some of the implications of that uh, last time. So that's where we were, just to sum up the first part of his speech and what we were seeing there. And I may uh, I may end up wanting to come back to refer back to some other things here, but... Um, uh, Let's uh, let's go on, <clears throat> Saruman. I said. Mrs. Gandalf responding. I have heard speeches of this kind before, but only in the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. I cannot think that you brought me so far only to weary my ears. He looked at me sidelong and paused a while, considering. Well, I see that this wise course does not commend itself to you. He said. Not yet, not if some better way can be contrived. He came and laid his long hand on my arm and why not gandalf he whispered why not the ruling ring if we could command that then the power would pass to us that is in truth why i brought you here for i have many eyes in my service and i believe that you know where this precious thing now lies is it not so or why do the nine ask for the shire and what is your business there as he said this a lust which he could not conceal Shone suddenly in his eyes. Okay, so much here. Okay, all right. First, Gandalf's response, right? Gandalf is in no real danger of being convinced, and I cannot think that Saruman intended it, right? What does he expect? This is one of the first questions that I have here. And Gandalf's response seems to me to kind of challenge this question. Right. My question is, what does Saruman expect? Did he really think there was not just a a good chance, but literally any chance that Gandalf's response to that speech was going to be, you know what? You're right. Let's join Sauron. That would be much wiser. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way before, but, you know, now that you've pointed out that he's likely to win, because, you know, I never knew. I thought, like, we were winning all this time. I was under the impression that he was just, you know, this, like, he was as tame as a rabbit over there, and we were just, oh, man. No, you're right. He is likely to win, and so it would be prudent for us to join him. So, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Right? I mean, seriously, there's there is no way that... <clears throat> there is no way that Gandalf is going to say yes to that, right? I can't really think that the argument that he's been making is intended in that way, um, is intended that way to convince Gandalf, to talk him over to Saruman's side. And indeed, Gandalf's response, I have heard speeches of this kind before, but only in the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. Now, uh, let's pause there for a second. Um, uh, Chaos Deer, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce your uh, handle there, uh, was saying, When did Gandalf hear such speeches before uh, exactly? Um, and uh, that's, I don't know. The answer to that exactly, of course, we don't get any references to that. <clears throat> the one thing, of course, the first thing that it makes me think of, though, uh, remember that Frodo in the beginning of chapter two, when we hear about the, you know, the the sort of hiatus, right, the seventeen year hiatus, when we pass over the seventeen year hiatus after Bilbo's party and before Gandalf's return, uh, you know, for the <clears throat> for the parlor conversation, the big one. Um, Frodo hears about Mordor, right? People are talking about Mordor. Now, I don't think that that means that wandering emissaries from Mordor have been roaming about the Shire trying to deceive the ignorant, right? Uh, I mean, For one thing, if they'd been doing that, the Black Riders would have known right where it was, right? They could have sent somebody along as a guide uh, to bring them there. Uh, So clearly that's not been happening, but yet the very fact that, um, you know, the name is being noised about, right? Suggests that people are people are talking about it, right? Um, news, on the one hand, um, but, uh, you know, so merely like Sauron has declared himself, Sauron has returned to Mordor and, uh, you know, declared himself, that's news that is so big that it even reaches the Shire, which takes some doing, um, all the way from, you know, Gondor and, and, and other places like it. Um, in fact, I almost wonder, uh, one of the things that I wonder is, could that news have been deliberately circulated to the Shire by the Dunedain? That it would organic. I mean, dwarves would bring it through, probably, right? Because dwarves would probably care about that. That would be news, even... That would be news to the like, the Dwarves of the Blue Mountains. The Dwarves of the Blue Mountains are really far away from Mordor, right? I mean, that can't be, like, their number one concern. But yet, like, Sauron was their enemy of old. So, you know, it's something that's bound to be significant even there. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. Emily asks, had Sauron ever made any attempts to discuss matters with Elrond or Goadriel? Uh, and you mean like sit down and talk things out, you know, I I don't think so. I the I mean not since <clears throat> not since the Anatar time, basically, I don't think. Um but um yeah, yeah. Um Right, good. Belongs Mond is thinking about um the uh the emissary who goes to uh, the Lonely Mountain, right? That's the one example of an actual emissary uh, sent from Mordor. uh, To deceive the ignorant is a little harsh, (laughs) right? Like, you mean like King Dan? Uh, You know, probably not. Um, Is it possible, right, uh, Aranas is wondering if uh, you know, as in Canus in the south, Gandalf has heard some of the emissaries of Sauron set out to deceive, sent out to deceive the ignorant. And Arnas, you know, I had never thought about it that way, but that certainly seems possible. I mean, look, the fact is there are just not very many pla- If you think about, just like, look at the map, right? Look at the map. I mean, here, look, we've got a map. I'll do the map. Look at the map of Middle-earth here, right? So you're Sauron. You've set up in Mordor, um, and the the Lotro map is kind of pretty. You have to admit. Um, so you're in Mordor, and you're gonna you're you're declaring yourself, which means you're launching a public, uh, a, you know, a, a a PR campaign, right, from Mordor. Um, and your PR campaign has a couple different goals, right? One goal of your PR campaign is recruitment from those who had been your allies, right? Those who might flock back and, you know, worship you again because you're an ancestral god of their people, for instance. Like, yeah, you want the, you want to broadcast to them that you're back and expecting fealty, right? Uh, you know, line up to come and worship and PS, bring your armies, right? So sure, you want to be sending those messages down uh, around east and south especially from mordor right um, there are some folks who you know might be kind of on the fence potentially that you would want to send this is this is presumably why the emissary went to the lonely mountain and to dale right because they're a little bit you know it's they're kind of leaning in one direction but uh, but it's not obvious where they'll be, or at the very least, they could maybe be convinced or, you know, deceived into, like, staying neutral, at the very least, and not coming in to, uh, not coming in to, um, uh, to join in, you know, on the side of Sauron's enemies. So that's worth a shot, right? But who else is there? Who else is? Who else on this map is? He's not sending emissaries to Gondor, trying to deceive them, right? That ship has sailed. He doesn't send emissaries to Rohan, right? Horse thieves, yes. Emissaries, no. Is he going to send emissaries anywhere to the west of the Misty Mountains? I can't imagine that he is, right? That's really far, and um, and again, and anyway, to whom? There's, like, no nations of people. What's it, like, the Brelanders? (laughs) Like, the the people who live in these five villages? And presumably there are other, like, clusters of villages around places that aren't really mentioned. Um, You know, but but there aren't, like, nations over there. There's no large bodies of people. There's no one to whom Sauron would send an emissary, exactly, that I can think of over there, right? So the more I think about this... Aranas, the more I'm coming around to your sort of um, way of thinking there, um, that um, most likely, where he is most likely to send emissaries uh, is south. Like, I mean, because it's not a given. He's he's been away some time, right? Like many generations of men. Uh, So, you know, the folks in Rune and Khand and Harad and Umbar, it's not a given. Right. It's not a given. I mean, even if like folks like the folks of Umbar are-, are traditionally no friends of Gondor, of course, but that doesn't say they're automatically going to throw in and uh, be recruited to Mordor's armies. Because remember, not only uh, remember what that means. And this I'm sorry, here I'm thinking of a passage we were just discussing in uh, the last session of my Morgoth's Ring uh, uh, class, um, which that should all be on YouTube now, uh, if you guys wanted to look at that. Um, it's long. Uh, we, we talked for some time about Morgoth's Ring. It's like a 28-session class, like 56 hours. But anyway, it's uh, in the very last session, we were talking about some of the last passages at the end of uh, uh, Myths Transformed. And one of the things that we were doing, um, one of the things that we were looking at was when... Tolkien was thinking about what Sauron had to do in order to bring the, um, in order to bring the Easterlings, like the Men, into his armies. Basically, that it's it's a non-trivial thing to get Men to just like walk, like march into battle side by side with Orcs. Like that's kind of a big deal. Um, it's not enough just to be like, hey, you hate Gondor too, right? Okay, well join in with me, right? Why not? Um, we'll give you the edge, like. It, it it takes a certain amount of domination of will and corruption of, you know, morals and things to get a culture, an army, an individual person to to the point where they're gonna walk in beside orcs and be like, you know what? I think these guys are the good guys. Like I think if I think if these orcs win right here, it's gonna be great. I totally support that. Right? That's really what I wanna see, so I'm going to throw my weight behind that and sacrifice my life in order to uh uh you know potentially in order to to try to help the orcs win here on this battlefield. Like that's that's a non-trivial step to ask men to take. So he's got he's got some work to do, right? He's definitely he's definitely got some work to do. Okay. So um he would certainly have emissaries to send out. So Arnas, I I like that idea. Um I like I like the idea um, that where Gandalf is referring that he has heard emissaries, or at least like indirectly heard. Right? I mean, he either he's heard the emissaries themselves, or he's you know heard reported to him what the emissaries of Sauron are saying. He says that he's heard them. Right? That he's he's only heard speeches like this from uh, emissaries sent from Mordor. Um, so I would think we could probably take that at face value. Um, and we know that he has traveled in the south enough to have a name, right? Um, which is... Um, uh, yeah, so uh, Chaos Deer, it's tricky. So Chaos Deer says, I thought Sauron subjugated the men of the east and south. I thought they were not serving of their own free will. Well, that's exactly the trick there, right? I mean, yeah, but like, what does that mean? Uh, not of their own free will, meaning they are, they are under all of them under mental domination, individually, like he is overriding the wills and free choices of every member of those army, every human member of those armies, that's a feat, right? Even for Sauron, that would be a very significant feat, and I don't think that that is, I don't think he's capable of doing that. uh even though uh you know Tolkien praises Sauron for his you know says that sauron is is really quite good at dominating the wills of people like he's better at that he has better control over his orcs tolkien says than um uh than Morgoth did back in the first stage um so he's 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 especially good at the dominating of folks but humans humans are um um are a totally different bag. Uh, He can't just dominate them in the same way. Um, Certainly not in bulk um, and from a distance like that. So no, I don't, that's not possible. Which means they have to be marching, like each individual soldier has to be marching by his own free will, right? So he has to, now he can subjugate them, like sort of politically, right? If he can get their leaders to swear, you know, loyalty to Mordor, in some way or other, right, and then those those leaders get the people to go right and get the armies to march, presumably that's how it happens but again, even there, there's still work to be done when you've got like you know you're like blue collar soldiers there in the line right lining up with the orcs and being like um is are you know are we okay with it anyway this I'm just saying this was a big PR campaign, right? There's a lot of work to be done there. He can't, this is not automatic, right? You can't just, um, he, he doesn't just set himself up in Mordor and automatically like have an empire at his disposal. There's work to be done. Um, but um, yeah, exactly. Green Great Dragon is recalling, of course, Sam's musing about the dead uh, Haradrim, you know, who falls tumbles down into the into the you know the 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 little dale where they're hiding there absolutely he he wonders about that right and i think you know sam wonders about that i mean tolkien brings that up right he invites us as readers to wonder this along with sam we don't often get asked to do that in the course of the book right sauron's armies in general are treated as kind of monolithic, right? We're just sort of led to understand them as they're just they're, you know, arrayed against Gondor. Um, but they've been manipulated. It's clear that they've been manipulated in certain ways, and it is even clearer that on an individual level, right, from like a soldier-by-soldier soldier level, there may still be uh, sort of uh, sort of questions uh, here. Um, so, um, anyway, uh Again, I'm not saying that I think it's... I'm not saying that I find it hard to believe that Sauron can recruit these armies. I don't find that hard to believe. Um, I'm just saying it's not going to happen automatically. It's going to take some work. And so it does seem... So Again, Arnas, I had never thought of that before. Um, This, of course, is one of the delights of exploring the Lord of the Rings. A sentence that I had always just rolled... I'd always rolled past that sentence my whole life before. I have heard speeches of this kind before but only in the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. Where? I yeah, I really do think um because I agree with somebody was saying just a little bit earlier on um that um when we were talking about the um, lonely mountain uh that um uh th- of course the what um what Saruman had just said, and you know what Gandalf, so what, what Gandalf was just alluding to as something that you know like something he has heard before, um, is not very like what the emissary that is sent to Dan says, right? So that seems to be a different kind of thing. Um, rather, but I can easily see, um, you know, again if you go back to if we go back for a second to some of like Sauron's um, selling points right? A new power is rising. Um, uh, we may join with that power. There is hope that way. Its victory is at hand, and there will be rich reward for those that aided it. Can I see emissaries sent to Umbar, Hared, Khand, Rune saying things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, th- I would think that's, you know, they'd say other things too, presumably. Again, like, you know, uh, the mighty God Sauron whom we worshiped of old has returned and that kind of thing uh you know and Sauron's not gonna weep with that but um uh but 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 yeah I mean I all of you know a lot of these things um uh you know as the power grows it's proved friends will also grow yeah I mean that's that's I would think quite like some of the recruitment stuff um that um uh that Sauron would have been putting on uh in the south and east. Um so yeah I look we don't have any idea a when Gandalf was in the south how often he went to the south how much time he spent in the south we don't know any of those things right um all we know is that he did definitely go to the south and enough to have a name there, a name which is broadly known, like not just in a spot, right, or even in a nation, but in the south, just as he's known as Gandalf in the north, right? Like Ariador, basically, roughly. Arid from, you know, from, uh, from the Shire to the Lonely Mountain. You know, in that part of the continent, he's known as Gandalf. And the part, you know, that where he is known as Incanus is referred to in exactly the same terms. Is it as wide, right? Is he known as much? We don't know and don't have any reason to really suspect one way or the other. But, um, uh, but I find people, uh, many people, seem to be kind of resistant to this idea of Gandalf being in the south and Gandalf knowing Hared. I don't I don't see why. Um we know that Gandalf's I mean, even just thinking back to the discussions we've had over the last couple of weeks, right, as we've been trying to figure out what the job description of the gray wizard is, right? What it means to be Gandalf the Grey. And what is clear is roaming about and minding everybody's business is kind of his job, right? As far as we can tell. Um, tend you know, becoming the friend and encourager and supporter of people. Uh, just as he, as Radagast is of beasts and birds, seems, as far as we can tell, uh, to be his, um, uh, to be his, his thing, right? That seem, that seems to be his bag. If he has spent this time and attached himself to the hobbits of the Shire, right, an obscure branch of knowledge, hobbit lore, right? Why would we think he's had time, plenty of time? right, to attach himself to an equal degree to, like, some village or, you know, area, you know, down in, in, in Um, He doesn't go in the East, right? He's, where he's, he's, he's on record as not going into the East, um, but he's equally on record as definitely going to the South. Um, exactly. The Shire might be one of his specialties, J.J., I agree, but it's not his only study um, at all. Um, but um, Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, Chaos Deer is saying what lies uh, east if it is the only place he doesn't go. uh, See, that's what the blue guys do. Right. They've got another job, you can tell, on account of they have a different color, but they both have the same job, right? They're in the same. It's just like, you know, when you've got like one English department that has like two, you know, 20th century Brit folks or whatever, right? You know, like it's, they're two blue wizards, right? So they both have the same kind of field of study, whatever it is, and they're both out in the East. So whatever they're doing in the East, that's not Gandalf's job, because he's the gray, he's not the blue, right? Um but what he's doing in the South seems to be part of um, seems to be part of what uh, what he's what he's up to. So yeah, no, I find that um, I think uh, I think Arnas. That's going to be my new headcanon that I'm going to imagine because I can't think of any other thing that he could really be referring to. Where else would he possibly have heard emissaries sent from Mordor who were saying things like that? Where else is 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 he recruiting? you know, in the streets, essentially. Um, that's, um, uh, that's yeah, yeah. Now, Carrie the One is speculating that the blue guys don't seem to be doing much. Well, maybe they are, right? That's for all we know. That's, of course, the classic argument, right? And this is why, uh, I don't want to sidetrack on this too far, of course, but, but obviously there are two, they're two different outcomes, right, for the Blue Wizard that Tolkien seems to have speculated on, one where they were pretty much a failure and the other one where they were not a failure and where they succeeded. And either one of them fits perfectly well with the facts, essentially, right? I mean, you can easily say, look at that, oh yeah, they totally, like, if the Blue Wizards had done a half-decent job, then boy, Sauron would have called into the East in vain, right? And the war would have been a lot simpler. But you can just as easily say, Oh, yeah, no, if they hadn't done such a bang-up job over there in the East, then, whew, boy, like, Sauron's armies would have been five times bigger. Uh, And the, you know, the West would have had no chance at all, and Frodo and Sam would have been, like, up to the armpits in Easterlings, like, on their way to Mount Doom. So, well, they would have been way up past, I guess, if the, Easterlings were all kind of like lying down. But anyway, whatever. Um, The point is, either route is, you know, either option is completely, potentially completely consistent with the details, especially since the East is such a completely, it's a white space on the map, right? I mean, as far as we know, it's as large as all of the whole rest of Middle-earth put together, right? We have no idea. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bricktails, okay. Yes and no. Uh, Bricktails was saying they weren't even necessarily primarily sent to fight Sauron. They could have other missions. Yes, in a sense. Uh, So to, to oppose Sauron is why, to be a kind of, not counterbalancing, that's probably not the right metaphor, but to, to try to counteract Sauron is why the Astari were sent, like all of them. Right, that's So that's kind of the overarching sort of mission statement of the Astari, right? Is to oppose Sauron. But you've got the white wizard who's got a particular job here, right? He's got a different job uh, about that. And the gray wizard has a different job. Um, so they ha- that's not to say that they have no other concerns, that they're like 100% Sauron all the time, right? Um, but... Um, you know that like they can't be interested in anything else and they don't ever do anything else again not 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 saying that or that there's any reason for us to think or suspect that um uh so like for instance if radagast does some good with birds and beasts like on their own like not even just like recruiting birds and beasts in order to be part of the anti sauron efforts like I, I don't even mean that right but even if they just um if he does some good in the world of birds and beasts that would probably be, you know, but if, if that is like part of his charter, as it were, you know, part of his, uh, part of his job description, it would be sort of a secondary one, right? Like Gandalf wasn't sent in order to light off fireworks for hobbits, you know, at old hobbits birthdays. Um, but he like, it's, it's it sort of fits with what he's doing right it's part of what he's do- it's 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 consistent with his calling as a whole um but um yeah yeah um yeah so uh, evil doctor canon almost all of this is retcon of course i am wandering past what we know in the lord of the rings and saying these things uh because you know yeah almost all of the Astari stuff is retcon after the fact um i mean goodness he was still figuring out um until until pretty late in the game, the Witch King, who was called the Wizard King almost all the way through, um, was still like pretty much meant to be uh, a wizard who had gone to the bad. Right? Remember that was and that was originally that that was the implication of the Necromancer in the Hobbit as well that he was a, a rogue wizard basically whom the rest of the White Council of Wizards got together and put down uh, right because he was one of their number who had gone to the bad. Um, Tolkien did not abandon that idea for a long time. Of a wizard who went to the bad. Indeed, he never abandoned it. Right? It shifted from the necromancer to the wit to the the wizard king, right? Sauron's chief lieutenant, um, and then shifted away from um, uh, from the witch king to Saruman, Ultimately, right? Saruman kind of took up that uh, um, that that mantle. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Matt says, other duties as assigned covers a lot of territory for academics and perhaps for wizards too. (laughs) Yes. Other duties as assigned. Um, so yeah, there, there there would definitely be other things. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Lincoln, I agree. I also prefer the version where the other wizards didn't all fail. Um, but, um, Um, but yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah. No question. Tolkien has no idea. The blue wizards are not blue until later on. Like that's not, I mean, he didn't even know how many there were until Gandalf opened his mouth and said that this was always happening to Tolkien, right? Normally he's writing dialogue and his characters are talking and then he like comes to the end of the speech and is like, huh? who knew <laughs> right so like when gandalf or you know when saruman says the rods of the five wizards that's when there became five wizards because Sar- saruman said it and once saruman said it it was true um but yeah there was there was, that's that's the moment when the number of the wizards shall be 5 um but um yeah anyway okay uh, but let me let me Veer back as I've wandered a little bit far, far afield here. So okay, mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor to deceive the ignorant. Um. Now, there are two things that Gandalf accomplishes here, right? One, uh, if you, I, I want to think about sort of both halves of that. Um, of that statement, right? Um, That is, the mouths of emissaries sent from Mordor and deceive the ignorant. He's saying on the one hand, like, dude, what do you take me for? Why are you giving me this speech that would only fool somebody who had no idea what was going on, right? Um, A speech which would only take in somebody who didn't even know who Sauron was. Um, I I mean, I'm not that stupid. You're not that stupid. Why are we doing this? Right? Um I cannot think that you brought me so far only to weary my ears. So, on the one hand, he's it's it's sort of a re, a, a rebuke, but a kind of probing rebuke in a sense, right? He's like this this doesn't even make any sense, right? The other of course is like, yeah, I'm going to say straight out what you've been ducking, right? You have not said Mordor or Sauron at any point in your opening speech, right? So I'm going to kind of call a spade a spade here and say emissary sent from Mordor, right? So again, the two parts deceive the ignorant and sent from Mordor. So are you like Sauron's, you know, lick spittle now? You know, is that, is that, is that what's going on here? Right. Um, you're, you're what practicing on me, the little speech that you're planning to give on behalf of Sauron to like villagers in Eriador or something like, so it's kind of a double insult, um, that he's giving. Cause exactly, uh, Mike, I mean, the kind of the, uh, um, the implied insult there is like, you weren't ignorant enough to be taken in by this, I hope, right? Uh, I mean, surely, surely, you know, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Freebird says, do you, do you hear the words coming out of your own mouth? Yeah, but again, but this is what leads me then to, so I want to return to the question, what is Saruman's intention here? Because I, when looking at Gandalf's response, especially, I, I cannot think that Saruman believed that there is any indication, like that there is any chance that he's just going to, that Gandalf is just going to become convinced. This is that he, he's going to win a convert from that speech. And if not, what is he doing? Because the one thing that I am unwilling, or I'm he- very, very hesitant to do is to imagine that Saruman is bad at this. This is what he's good at, right? This is Saruman persuading somebody. Um, This is his strength. This is Saruman's A-game, right? And this is a really important occasion. So that Saruman would not only fail to convince Gandalf, but put on an embarrassing show. It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit with everything that Gandalf himself tells us. Um, And the next line is what I find most interesting about this. He looked at me sidelong and paused a while considering. Now, what do you think Saruman is considering exactly? What is Saruman assessing? It seems to me like he's looking at him sidelong, right? He's trying to read Gandalf's reaction, trying to gauge the effect of his speech potentially, I think he seems to be observing Gandalf carefully and to be stopping to kind of parse the significance of what he's observing. Right. Um, Well I see that this wise course does not commend itself to you not yet not if some better way can be contrived Now one thing that I am willing to believe of Saruman is that he is so I think that it um um I think that it does uh, some people were talking about um uh, let me see just a second ago uh Yeah, Freebird was just saying, I think Saruman is a narcissist who believes he's uncovered the truth, he's laying it out, not lying. Yeah, yeah, I- I'm... I'm definitely... Um, uh, uh, I'm definitely... very willing to believe that Saruman is narcissistic and that he is able to convince himself of things and therefore believe that other people will believe them. Like, this... I, that concept I can believe. But I do not think that that would lead him to put on such a poor show of persuasion when that's his main thing. Now, this I like. Emily, that's a wonderful suggestion. Emily says he does have a ring, right? And we talked about his ring, uh, which I suspect and believe to be a ring of power, his ring of power that he made. He calls himself Ringmaker, and then he's wearing a ring. Um, and we talked about what could its power be, right? What would he do? And One of our leading suspicions was that he's trying to use it to augment his biggest and favorite power, uh, which is the power of persuasion. So Emily's saying maybe he's testing its abilities. Maybe that sidelong look is a, like, you know... um you know, like the scientist's note on, uh, the effects, uh, on a sub, on a live subject, right? Uh, first test on live sub, uh, subject, uh, appears to be of dubious, uh, s- success. Um, but, um, uh, anyway, um, so, <laughs> or as Valori says, is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, possibly, uh, possibly. Um, yeah, um, so, uh, so, yeah, so no, I think, uh, but see, but Freebeard, I, I think if his narcissism were of such a kind that it simply, like, undermines his ability uh, to persuade, like, anybody of anything, it doesn't fit, it doesn't work. We know that his persuasiveness is good. His persuasiveness works. It comes very close to working with a whole crowd of people that come to his tower, right? Gandalf is perhaps in no danger at that point, but others are, um, and they're only saved sort of by circumstances, as we'll see when we get there pretty soon. But, um, what I'm thinking though, the thing that I don't want to lose in, you know, remembering forward to that scene, um, his words are very powerful. Um, he is able to persuade. He does have potency still. And I don't think, um, that, if we understand him as already being essentially kind of, having lost his greatest ability, um, his ability, his power will be undermined by his own um, narcissism, his own evil, basically, right? You know, the the route that he has taken is going to undermine him, Um, but not totally and not right away, I think. Um, But um, yeah. <laughs> JJ says, disclaimer, pretty soon insignum speech means within the lifetime of at least some of the people in attendance. <laughs> exactly. That is. I, that, I, I agree. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good definition. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, um, okay. Well, I see that this wise course does not commend itself to you. Not yet not if some better way can be contrived. Now, here's the thing that I do readily believe of Saruman, and a thing that is a weakness and that does undermine him. And it's the same thing that undermines Sauron later on. And that is that tendency, Gandalf is going to talk about this later, that tendency to judge all things by your own frame of reference, right? That Saruman definitely does have, and I think that he's showing it here, right? He sees that Gandalf is resistant, right? Um, He sees Gandalf is not going to be convinced by this. Um, If he were resisting this argument, why would he resist it? On what basis would he resist it, right? If he had just said no to himself, what would he be thinking, right? And the answer is, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to do that. And the reason I'm not going to do that, the reason that it would be insane for us to join with Sauron, is that there might still be some other better and more expedient ways towards towards victory than that. Right? And that's what he seems to suspect Gandalf of saying. Not yet, not if some better way can be contrived. Put yourself in Saruman's position. When Gandalf shows up, what has to be the first question on Saruman's mind? I think this, for this whole conversation, there has been one unasked question that he has wanted to know the answer to from the moment Gandalf showed up. Aranas, exactly. I don't think it is even, does, do you know where the ring is? Do you are you wielding the ring of power? Do you have it? Have you claimed it? That has to be his primary question, right? He believes that the ring has been found. He believes he's put this together. Oops, he's put this together since um, uh, he's put this together since the not, the nine have been abroad, right? Why did the Nine, ask for the shire, and what is your business there? He so he, he's known for a while that the one ring is in circulation. He was lying to the White Council, right? Deliberately, he was attempting to set them off the trail and to and he invested all of the um, the sort of the resources that he had gotten by all of his reputation. Right? He invested everything from his reputation in the on the premise that don't worry, the ring is not in circulation anymore, right? So that they would believe that in order to keep them from searching because he knew it was around, because he was looking for it himself. Okay, fine. Um, He knows the ruling ring is around. He suspects, he believes that Gandalf has the ring. That, I think, is fairly clear, and I think this is what he's probing. Right, he's not just gonna come out and ask that. He's not gonna lead with that question, but he's trying to figure that out. I see that this wise course does not commend itself to you. Not yet, not if some better way can be contrived. He says, still looking at Gandalf sidelong, still watching his reactions. How's Gandalf gonna? Is 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 there gonna be any tell from Gandalf? Right, some other better way can be contrived. Is Gandalf spurning the idea of fighting alongside Sauron because he already has new plan A, right? That he is setting himself up. He's gonna use Sauron's ring against him as is the obvious thing to do. That's what somebody like Gandalf could be expected to do, right? I mean, if Gandalf finds it, surely he's gonna be all like, yeah, we can fight Sauron with this, right? he's a simp, but whatever, right? But surely that's what he's going to do. You know, again, like with Sauron, that Gandalf's thinking and approach to the ring would be wholly different from Saruman's own, does not seem to have entered into um, Saruman's thinking. That Gandalf would find the ring and yet not take it. Not even to protect it, right? Um, I mean, there's no way Saruman would ever have done that, left it in the hands of a hobbit. Back in the Shire, right? I mean, even if Saruman I mean that's like so far down the list of possibilities of what Saruman do with it. I think that he literally can't imagine it. And like Leobot, you're completely right. It, that's not wise. It's not that's why it's a it's would seem like a completely foolish thing to do, right? So He has reason to believe that Gandalf has found the ring and he knows what he would do. And even trying to judge Gandalf by what he knows of Gandalf, right, surely the minimum that he would do, right? Most likely, if Gandalf finds the ring, he's going to claim it for himself. Who wouldn't? Right. And then he's going to fight Sauron with it and, you know, try to be all like uh, binding somebody else's business. So at the very least. He's going to be like totally moving in on his white wizard, white wizard stick. And what's worse than that? Uh, because of course, Saruman is like moved beyond the whole whiteness thing anyway. Um, he's going to be, you know. Remember, Saruman is like Saruman of many colors, right? He's the one who is like the consummation of all wizarddom, right? Um, he's the master of all fields of inquiry, um, the master of all lore and of all power obviously having a rival like Gandalf the Grey supercharged by Sauron's ring would be not good. Right? So that's going to be a problem all by itself. But whatever. Gandalf would do this in order to attack Sauron. Or maybe, okay, maybe Gandalf. Because he's kind of inscrutable, Gandalf. You know? he he He's different. Saruman knows that he's different. Maybe, just maybe, he's protecting it. Maybe he's not going to claim it himself. Maybe he's going to be all like, oh, to use the ring of the enemy against him would be a really bad idea. So um, he's probably going to be too squeamish to seize power himself because he's Gandalf, right? But obviously he's going to be protecting it. So maybe he's holding it, right? Maybe he's got it on him. You know, maybe what have you got in your pocket, Gandalf? I guess that's really the question that's been what what has it got in its pockets is, has been the question that's been on Saruman's mind ever since he came in. But, um, uh, but that's, uh, but yeah, conceivably, conceivably, I bet that Saruman can imagine Gandalf doing that, right? Holding on to the ring to keep it safe. Um, and what is Gandalf's plan with the ring? Now, again, if we go, so go back for a second think about this first speech again. Think about this first speech again if, when, if, if you're uttering it, and in uttering it you believe that the person you're uttering it to has the ring of power in his pocket. right? See how this sounds a little bit different now? The time of the elves is over, but our time is at hand. The world of men, which we must rule, but we must have power. Power to order all things as we will, for that good which only the wise can see. It's like he's anticipating. He knows Gandalf is going to be all squeamish, right? You know, if he can get Gandalf to confess that he's got the Ring of Power, which he's hoping he can bring Gandalf to that point, right? Gandalf is still going to be all like, no, no, we mustn't use it. And he's going to be so he's setting up like, come on, man. Like, come on, look at the big picture. Look at the big picture. We have to have power in order to bring about our high and ultimate purpose. And then if we think about that from this perspective, that second paragraph, the one which sounds like a recruitment speech in the mouth of an emissary of Sauron sent out to deceive the ignorant, that speech all of a sudden sounds different now, right? He's saying a new power is rising again. Now that vagueness begins to take on a new, yet another kind of new dimension, right? That new power doesn't have to be Sauron. Remember, we were talking about how striking that sentence is. A new power is rising, right? Sauron's not new, okay? I mean, yeah, okay, like Sauron Mark III or whatever that's rising now is new ish, right? Newly released, you know, newly, uh, you know, it's got new digs, you know, it's, it's, it's. Sure, he's like new ish, but he, I mean, who would call Sauron a new power? It doesn't even really make sense exactly. Um, so, but if he's not referring to Sauron, okay, but again, he kind of is. I think it's a really, really careful speech, right? It does sound like a recruitment speech. But again, I don't think it's meant to persuade Gandalf to be like, I agree, let's go join Sauron. Instead, I think it's establishing a kind of um a kind of foil, right? Where he is sort of saying, Look, let's look at the options here, right? There's fight against Sauron with our own resources. Dumb, right? There's join with Sauron. Distasteful at at best, right? What are the other options, right? I bet you're going to say no, right? I bet you don't want to join with Sauron. Me neither. But let's consider what other options there are. Gandalf is going to be like, we can't use the ring, we have to hide it, we have to protect it, or whatever. And Saruman is going to convince him, we have to use it. We have to use it. It's the only way that we can win. And if we use, then we will be the new power that arises. Um, there is no hope left in elves or dying Numenor. Those things that he's saying in what sounds like a Sauron recruitment speech and is a Sauron recruitment speech also have this other dimension, right? No, there's no hope welf- left in elves or dying Numenor. But the new powers will sweep all that aside, right? We may join with that power, the ring, right? We can become that power. Um, so as he's throwing this out, how is Gandalf responding? Because he can figure this out, right, from Gandalf's response? I think it seems to me, um, uh, and tell me if you guys can think of any other reading of this, but I can only, I, 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 I believe that Saruman thinks that Gandalf has the ring. And given that he has the ring, I think there's only one of two states that Gandalf could be in, as far as Saruman is concerned, right? Saruman believes that Gandalf must be in one of two states. Either he possesses the ring, but is still abjuring it, right? Just keeping it, and not to protect it, and hide it, and not to use it. He's not taken it up and uh, claimed it for his own. Or he has. One or the other, right? I mean, those are, I suspect, in Saruman's mind, the only two options. So I suspect that Everything he's been saying to this point has been an attempt to probe Gandalf to try to figure out which state Gandalf is in. Have you claimed the ring? Or have you not claimed the ring? That's why he's looking at him sidelong, right? Trying to parse Gandalf's response, I cannot think you brought me here, you brought me so far only to weary my ears. Hmm, what does that suggest? Is that consistent with a new Ring Lord? The arrogance of a new Ring Lord? Has he taken the power to himself? Does he think this is all beneath him and a waste of his time Be, for that reason? Or or is this just because he's still in his, like, goody-goody, you know, perspective, and he's like, I have to, we have to protect the Ring. Um, and so, you know, he's, you know, I, Yeah. Right. Now the third option is that he's hidden in, he's hidden in the Shire. Of course, that's the actual option. Um, I mean, I guess conceivably he could have himself established some kind of, like he's actually, like he's buried it or something, you know, and like put spells over it or whatever, you know, like whatever Sauron did with his ring when he went to Numenor. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Fourth option, he's on his way to the ocean to make Sauron's prior claims be true. He's going the long way around. In that case, he has gone pretty far inland on his way to the sea. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and Druid's Fire, I agree with you. Um, Saruman is very wise in ring lore, so he would know that if, or at least he would know that Gandalf would be hard to overcome if gandalf had claimed the ring his only hope look at that it did die okay it's back now weird interesting okay it seems to be back now i'm seeing the green light yeah you you might have to uh you might have to restart twitch there okay um sorry Okay. Uh, so what was, last thing, <laughs> what was the last thing y'all heard? I was talking about bringing a gun to a gunfight. I was talking about Saruman suspecting if Gandalf has the ring, he's probably going to have to fight him. And so he's, it's maybe one of the reasons that he's buffed himself up with the ring of power of his own, um, because he knows he's going to have to, um, he's going to have to go up against... Gandalf bearing the ring, right? And perhaps he's even, he, Gandalf, has even come uh, to Orthanc in order to take Saruman out, right? Or displace him or seize his own power uh, or whatever. Um, so that, um, anyway, that seems to be uh, one very live possibility that he's, he's, he's got a question. And I'm wondering if he's thinking that that's more likely um, given Gandalf's first response. Um, yeah, but, um, anyway, he, um, he does think a lot of himself anyway, so I suspect maybe he would think, um, that he would have a a chance against, because, I mean, he's so much more powerful than Gandalf in the first place, right? I mean, he's the wizard of all the colors, after all. Um, but I get it, so I think, This wise course does not commend itself to you. Not yet. Not if some better way can be contrived. And I think this was that what his previous speech, I think, was all a setup. I think it was all a setup for this point. I don't think he ever intended, suspected, or intended to convince Gandalf with his earlier argument. I think he was looking to, he was testing Gandalf, testing Gandalf's reactions to see what he would give away. Um... What does he know of the ring? Does he have the ring with him? Has he claimed it for himself? Um, uh, that's um, yeah. But I agree anyway that there is um, uh, there is definitely a there is definitely an argument to convince Gandalf to give him the ring. I bet that he would believe that that would be quite possible, actually. For him to convince Gandalf of that, because again, Gandalf, Gandalf's pretty naive, right? Um, he's not nearly as wise as Saruman the Wise. He might not be quite as big a fool as Radagast, but you know, I suspect that Saruman believes Gandalf to be on the Radagast side of the spectrum, you know. So, as far as the wisdom folly spectrum, in his uh, in his view. Um, Not if some better way can be contrived. He came and laid his long hand on my arm. And why not, Gandalf, he whispered, why not the ruling ring? If we could command that, then the power would pass to us. Again, that, I think, is what he was setting up all along. That's why he was talking about capital P power, right? The power would be ours. Then all those things that I said would be true of us. If we could command that... Um, Now, why does he say we, right? Why does he say we? Because he thinks that Gandalf has it. He needs collaboration here. He needs Gandalf's cooperation. Obviously, if he had the ring or had information about the ring, he wouldn't be coming to Gandalf for collaboration, right? Um, But he's trying to convince this is the real argument. If we could command that then the power would pass to us. That is in truth why I brought you here. For I have many eyes in my service, and I believe that you know where this precious thing now lies. Is it not so? Or why do the nine ask for the shire, and what is your business there? He's saying, look, the jig is up, right? I know, you know about the ring. I have come to the conclusion that you have found the ring. I believe you know where this precious thing now lies. And it is before me, isn't it? I, I really think that he thinks that um, uh, that Gandalf has it. Um, yeah, he does want to say me, but it has to be we for now. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, Korishrava is wondering, what if rather uh, Saruman thinks it would be wise of Gandalf to give Saruman the ring? Um, oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. No question. Right. Um, look, there are parts of his earlier speech that I totally believe. I believe him about the high and ultimate purpose, knowledge, rule, order. Right. I believe that he believes that the course that he is setting out upon is one in which their ends will not change, only their means. Um, but the means in question aren't really allying with Sauron right? The means in question is finding Sauron's ring and using it. That's Saruman's whole gambit. That's the whole point. That's the whole plan, right? His whole plan is to find the ring of power, use it to defeat Sauron because he's a rival in any case, right? No matter what, defeating Sauron, putting down Sauron is going to be a good idea if you're going to set up for yourself here, right? You know, um, anyway, so yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Uh that is in truth why I brought you here. Um yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, so Corey, yeah, thank you uh for your uh second comment there. Uh yes, Gandalf it would be wisest. Right again, there's no change in his ends, only in his means. There was my train of thought again. Okay. I, I, I bet you that he believes that. He genuinely believes. He genuinely believes that what he's doing is totally the right thing to do, right? Right in the sense of being the most expedient means to the proper ends. Um, I mean, what are their choices? Let Sauron win or <laughs> what's plan B? Sauron's going to win, right? So just like holding out until the end, and going down with the ship while Sauron takes over the continent, okay you know, where the odds there, right? I mean, like, where's the good outcome there? But if you can kind of stand aside, so like there, but there are a couple other options. One is to kind of, you know, temporize with Sauron and try to, you know, do the thing like he describes, you know, try to guide it and sort of whatever. But again, that's not going to win. What does he want there? No, that's not what he wants, right? The real move is to fight him in the only way that has any prospect of victory, and that is getting the ring. So yeah, Corey, absolutely. And who has the best ability to do that? Well, humbly, I believe I'm the best candidate for that position, Saruman suggests, right? I am Saruman Ringmaker. After all, this is my area of expertise. So my crowning achievement as White Wizard is to take the Ring of Power to myself and thereby, of course, I'll be becoming much more than just uh, Saruman the White. Um, and then I can take out Sauron and then all of our ends are achievable and everything's good, right? So he absolutely would think it was wisest, uh, to, um, uh, to do that kind of thing. Um, so yes, absolutely belongs I agree. Destroying the ring must never have crossed Saruman's mind. I agree. Not even briefly. It's hard to imagine that he has ever had even a brief thought of destroying the ring. Um, nor a thought I I can't imagine that he really believes. When he says, um, uh, I believe that you know where this precious thing now lies, um, I, um, I don't think that he is suspecting that Gandalf left it in the Shire. I really don't. Um, I think that he's speaking euphemistically there, like, come clean, Gandalf. You have it, don't you? Um, unless maybe Gandalf has only found a strong lead for it or like you know maybe Gandalf hasn't completed the search maybe he's kind of narrowed it down i mean it's conceivable that Gandalf hasn't quite found it yet and Saruman just wants the information from him if, if that's i'm just saying i think that that is probably in Sauron's mind an active possibility right but that Gandalf would find the ring and just say to some hobbit Right. Oh, yeah. Hold this. I'll be back. <laughs> right. That I can't imagine has really occurred to him. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Morwen is wondering if maybe he thinks Gandalf gave it to Elrond or Galadriel. Well, yeah, I, again, by probing him, um, maybe. I mean, he would be trying to figure that out in part. Um, yeah, it's true that where this precious thing now lies. Ooh, yeah, more than what I hadn't thought about that. But the word now, I believe that you know where this precious thing now lies. In other words, not in the Shire anymore, right? You found it in the Shire, but where is it now, right? In your pocket, in Rivendell, in Lothlorien, Where? You know, at the Havens? Where? You know, there's a limited number of places where you know, either you took it up, most probable, um, or you kept it and are trying to protect it, also very likely, or you gave it to one of the other elven wise out of humility and self-sacrifice because you're a git, also very possible, right? Um, <laughs> that he... Left it in the hands of a hobbit and took off. I really don't. Uh, I really don't think. Um, uh, but yeah, Freebird, I do suspect that he can't fathom that one would let it go. So I would not think that of those three options, I would not think that Saruman. My guess is that Saruman believes that there's a there's a very small chance that he's given it to somebody else, like Elrond or Galadriel. Um Not that so doing wouldn't be like Gandalf, but I think that he's studied the one ring enough to know that it's not going to be trivial to give it up. But yes, of course, you guys are um, uh, pointing out that, uh, of course, we have a precious alert, right? He once again uses the word precious as almost everybody does who um, uh, talks about the ring. Um, That's like the big tell word, right? and even Saruman uses it. I be- I believe that you know where this precious thing now lies. The interesting thing, um, one interesting thing to see is not just to take that word for granted, but to see what it means to the people who say it exactly, right? Um, uh, when Isildur says it, uses the word precious, he seems to mean, I meant to take this thing as an heirloom. That is, I meant this to be like one of the crown jewels, essentially, right? You know, this is just to be like a a kind of a token that is supposed to be for, but it's become precious to him. Like, it it means something to me personally now, right? I'm I'm beginning to think, you know, it's a sign of kind of personal attachment um, to the ring. That I don't think is what we're seeing here. I think that he says, I believe that, you know, where this precious thing now lies, he is alluding to the fact of how how valuable it is, not like in a personal and emotional way to him, uh, but to their cause. Right. To the. Not just the opposing Sauron cause, because that's not the end right? That's itself only a means to an end. The end, of course, is knowledge, rule, and order, which, of course, you know, admittedly defeating Sauron would be a handy way to help establish knowledge, rule, and order, no question, right? Um, But those are the real ends. Defeating Sauron is just a means. This, this is the greatest mean, right? It is very precious because it is the primary thing, perhaps the only thing that will enable us to achieve the ends, um, that, uh, uh, that we have, right? That we share, you and I, Gandalf. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Tobias and Biotrom were asking about, um, is, is this a ring-induced monologue? Uh, no, I mean, so look, Saruman, you know, has Saruman ever come within 100 miles of the Ring of Power? I'm not sure that he has, you know. Um, uh, Yeah, not sure that he has. Um, That would actually be an interesting question. Of course, we don't know exactly where... Well, yeah. No? I mean, he might have wandered past the Gladden Fields at some point while the ring was still in the river. We can't uh, can't rule that out. Um, But barring that, uh, I don't think we have any reason to think he's ever been in anything like proximity to the ring. Um, So it's hard to see the ring itself inducing this monologue, but it's hardly surprising to see that the greed of someone who is, uh, to use your word there, windswept, um, the greed of someone who has been long contemplating the ring and strongly desires to claim the ring for himself, um, it's not hard to believe that his, his mind would go in that sort of same direction. Um yeah yeah well see michael i'm not sure michael says uh i think it's important because it seems to be evidence for the ring being or the influence being external from the ring uh as a will um but i don't think it necessarily has to be an influence like some force acting on saruman that's leading him in that direction um uh michael i wonder if we could similarly call it something like a symptom you know i mean it's a symptom of uh it's like what it's what going bad <laughs> looks like right uh it's like you know you're going bad if uh th- that seems to me what everybody has in common and that doesn't have to be you know does that mean that like you know the will of melkor is corrupting them no not necessarily um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> a ring study-induced monologue, Flamifer says, yeah, something like that, right? That's, yeah, uh, he's, um, uh, he studied the ring academically enough, uh, that it has had, uh, you know, it, it has had a, a wholly, like, uh, you know, uh, vicarious and theoretical, uh, influence on him. Um, yeah, yeah, um, Interesting, Green Great Dragon is saying maybe he's trying to play to what he guesses Gandalf's ring-induced monologue might be. That's a really interesting theory. Um, he probably has studied the ring enough to suspect about the existence of ring-induced monologues, right? To to be able to see, even in Isildur's um, uh, scroll, right? He would have seen the effect that it was having on Isildur already, right? After he had just gotten the ring. Um, and I suspect he's wise enough to be able to figure out that that's a kind of phenomenon that could be expected uh, to be repeated, right? That could be that that Gandalf could be expected to uh, to uh, uh, to have. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Belongsman is saying also the Palantir could possibly have given him some insight. It is true, Belongsman, that he has also he has some empirical evidence as well as. Uh, his academic research, right? Um, He also has the empirical evidence of what the will of Sauron is like, right? He's learned that on the business end. Uh, So he would therefore be able to sort of speculate as to what the power of the ring would be on people. So, So yeah, maybe. Going back to Green Great Dragon's point, maybe he is, if Gandalf either is holding it or has claimed it, there are certain patterns of thought that he gandalf would probably be having right um maybe even he throws out the word precious which he also would have read in his elder scroll maybe he throws out that word uh because he's again he's trying to bait gandalf is gandalf going to perk up you know at that word does 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 gandalf know right is 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 there something in this speech that's going to give in gandalf's response to this speech that's going to give him away. Um, uh, Yeah, why do the Nine ask for the Shire, and what is your business there? Um, He brings this up, I believe, to point us as readers and also Gandalf himself towards his evidence, right? Look, don't—whatever don't, wh- what, you say, don't try to snow me, Gandalf, right? Don't, don't try to tell me that you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? And that you haven't found the ring. I, it's obvious you've found the ring. Um, you have been—you have made the Shire your lurking place, right? You're skulking around the Shire doing something shady, and you can tell it's shady because I use the word lurking, right? You're lurking around the Shire, and now the Nazgul are going around, right? The Nazgul have orders straight from Mordor to seek the ring in the Shire? Come on. I can put two and two together, right? Um. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike says, Saruman is very clever. We have many sources, uh, you know, many usages to see that the word precious is important. Um, it, he might be clever enough to see that the significance of that from only one source, from Isildur's. Yeah. I think that he would, between his, uh, basically based on his studies, I think that he would be able to parse what was going on with Isildur there, um, when, uh, when Isildur wrote that, definitely. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Um... As he said this, a lust which he could not conceal shone suddenly in his eyes. Um, the interesting thing, the kind of irony, right, at the end of this passage is that he is searching Gandalf, right? He's looking at Gandalf for tells, right, for any indications, for any hint as to what, Gandalf's true thoughts and perspective and situation is, and it's he himself who gives the tell, right? Gandalf instead, by observing him, can tell what Saruman is up to and where Saruman is going. But now keep in mind, this is not, Saruman's not, I don't think that we're supposed to be thinking that Gandalf in coming to this conclusion with Saruman is like showing dazzling insight that this is a massive like piece of, you know, uh, you know, observational penetration by Gandalf, right? Saruman is coming out. He hasn't spelled it out exactly, but he kind of has. If we could command that, then the power would pass to us, right? This is the recruitment speech and what he's been building towards. He's still being a little bit, he hasn't said the words, like you know, Bilbo, right? Have you got it with you now, right? Um, thinking of Bilbo in the uh, in the Hall of Fire, he hasn't said that exactly, right? Um, so he's still kind of holding some things back, but he's not holding much back, right? This is um, uh, this is what this is where this is what he's been building towards. Um, the thing that Gandalf sees is what lies behind it, right? His own personal lust, which means a strong and passionate desire. Uh, Don't forget that the word lust, in almost every time, in every time that Tolkien uses the word except one that I know of, um, there is only one case in which I believe that, um, you know, lewd sexual desire is even consistent with Tolkien's use of the word lust. Um, his, His usage just almost never includes that. Um, uh, So don't be thinking in sexual terms. I know that in the modern world, um, the word lust is used almost almost exclusively in a sexual context. Um, But that is a very strong narrowing of the meaning of the word from the older times, which uh, he is definitely, he, Tolkien, is definitely invoking. And yes, Forth Dauntless, that one time I am referring to when Tolkien uses the word lust and uh, that kind of prurient sexual desire is associated with it is Morgoth and Luthien in the Lay of Lathian. Well, I mean, even in the published Silmarillion, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, does it still have a negative connotation? Um, WKU fan, that's a wonderful question. It certainly seems so here, doesn't it? Um, I don't think in that way, perhaps Tolkien is kind of compromising with the modern world. Right. In Middle English, the word lust meant desire, like. Preachers, Middle English preachers would talk about your lust for God, meaning your desire for God, right? So, I mean, there's just nothing wrong with lust. With as de- I mean, you can lust, you can set your lust, you can set your desire after the wrong things, right? And that's bad. Um, but... Um, but lust, as a word, lust itself was not necessarily freighted with negative connotation. Um, right. To- uh, M- Michael Tobias points to the adjective lusty, which is a common adjective. Um, a, a lusty kniekt. Uh Chaucer loves that phrase. Um, and that just means like full of verve, right? Full of uh, full of pep and get up and go, right? Is what it means to be a lusty kniekt. Um um that's also what we're referring to in the lusty in in the in the lusty monoth of May as uh, uh, Mallory would say right in his famous May chapter that we looked at in the mythgard Academy um so absolutely um uh, but um anyway uh lust was a positive I mean it could be negative but it, it was it was it was not uh, shady uh in the modern world, it is not only used exclusively um, in a shady way, right? Lust is never really good. Nobody brags about experiencing lust, right? Or feeling lust or having lust towards anything. And lustful, nobody uses the word lusty anymore, which is kind of a shame, uh, sort of. And it, and certainly the word lustful is only bad, right? Um, not only is it only bad, but it's also... Um, uh it's not it's it's also exclusively sexual right it's you know when you talk about somebody's lust you're not talking about desire for anything else in the modern world so it does seem to me that Tolkien, um yeah exactly jj the king james does use the word lust in both negative and positive uh context yeah it does um and by the way the that thing which is the seven deadly sin which we almost we always refer to as lust like the sin of lust is um, when people are, modern people are listing the seven deadly sins, they always use the word lust. In Middle English, if you're wondering what word would they have used, they would have used the word lechery. Lechery is the deadly sin. Lechery's bad. Lechery's never good. Right? There's, there's, there's no, there's no positive application of lechery. Right? But lust can be good or bad. Anyway, um, uh, the word lust, um, uh, is still universally negative. Um, Tolkien seems. Can anyone think of times or find examples of Tolkien using the word lust in a positive way? I don't. I, I don't think there are any. I can't think of any. Right. One very prominent example that comes immediately to mind is the uh, dragon sickness um, when Bilbo first sees Smaug's treasure and says that he he did not anticipate the wonder, the lust. Hmm. Um, you're right, Freebird. We do sometimes still use it metaphorically, when we we could, we could we still do say things like the lust for power, sometimes, sometimes, yep. But even then, you see, it's metaphor. It's not just another application of the word. It's like a metaphor. I think when people are saying the lust for power. I think they are using that metaphorically. That is to say, they are they are explicitly comparing somebody's desire for power to sexual lust. Like, they're basically saying this person's desire for power is almost sexual in nature. Right? It's, it's like a sexual desire. Um, I think that that's um, uh, that's uh, m- m- when I hear people use that phrase. That's what I hear. Um, I could be, but again, I don't think it's just a use of, I mean, it, it, it's a remnant of that old usage, but, um, anyway, uh, okay. Um, yeah, so tell me if you find any usages. Any of you e-text readers out there who can do some quick searches to find lust um, in a positive sense? Yeah, JJ says, he, even in the letters, lust always seems to be used in a negative sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think in general, when he's, yeah, yeah. And my suspicion would be that in the letters, he was probably mostly using it in, in its modern sexual context. Um, uh, yeah. Interesting. You know, sometimes, you're right, Lapilia. sometimes the word lusty still is used. I'm counting that out too quickly, maybe, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Good, lusty is Tom. Yes, exactly. Good. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, lusty is used as an adjective um, by Tolkien in a positive way. Oh, good. Yeah. Flem, you were saying the same thing about lust for power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. But yeah. Uh, so lusty, lusty survives. It's kind of surviving in the modern world. A little bit. People don't say that very often anymore. Um, but, um, but yeah, as Tom. That's good. I had forgotten about that one. It's it's not the same thing. It's not just the word lust, but it's a uh, uh, you know it's a it's a derivative, but it's close, um, right? And the cock is crowing lustily in the inn yard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Tolkien uses the word lusty, 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 and the ad in the adverbial form, lustily, uh, once. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tora Martin says, the cock is living its best life. Yep, indeed, indeed. Ah, Lupilia. okay, the lust of battle is on, right, Amir is in the grip of the lust of battle. I'd forgotten that one. That one's, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting because that one is, in, is a little ambivalent, isn't it? I don't think it's good. I mean, it's not as bad as like the lust for, gold, um, or, you know, the lust which Saruman is here failing to conceal, shining in his eyes. Um, it's not the lust for the ring, it's not the lust for gold. I don't think it's... Yeah, I I agree, Forth Thoughtless, I wouldn't go as far as calling it positive. Um, uh, yeah. But it's a little bit ambivalent. Um, uh, yeah, J.J. says Faramir wouldn't approve. Now, you're right. Faramir would not. Uh, would certainly not approve of the lust of battle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. I don't like really to thoroughly sidetracked on that, but um, I just wanted to emphasize that since the word lust, comes, this is a very prominent usage of the word lust in the Lord of the Rings. Um, so it does mean desire, but I think we're pretty safe in saying that, um, the, uh, that lust is, uh, uh, it means clearly Gandalf is suggesting by using the word that it's a shady desire, um, a highly moral, morally questionable desire, uh, that is shining suddenly in his eyes. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to end our discussion here. Um, I'm, uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll do Gandalf's response next time uh, and then as, sort of the final stage, you know, uh, as we see Saruman responding to Gandalf, but be interesting to look at Saruman's response with Gandalf and to see, to kind of test this theory that I've been playing with here today about what Saruman, you know, trying to imagine, putting ourselves in Saruman's head, what does he think is happening here and what is he trying to accomplish and how, right? So we'll see how that pans out uh, uh, in the end there. Um, but um, anyway, okay, um, cool. All right, awesome. Thanks everybody for joining me. Uh, stick around for our field trip uh, because uh, today's field trip is going to be particularly exciting. Uh, I am, uh, I am, I am all kinds of pumped up for our field trip today because um, we are going to go to strange new places today. Um, so yeah, oh yeah, I should probably, I didn't do announcements before. One last announcement before we go. Um, tomorrow night, uh, which is Wednesday night, the 4th of November, we're going to be uh, starting our new our new book. We finally finished Morgoth's Ring after only 56 hours of discussion, and we are shifting to Dante's Inferno um, uh, based on the votes of our electorate. Uh, they ha- they asked for Dante, and Dante they shall get. So we're going to talk about Inferno. We're starting with Canto 1 tomorrow. So feel free to join us tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I'll be on Twitch, and I'll also be... There's a there's a link to the GoToWebinar session we'll be using for that on the MythGuard.org uh, website. Um, so... Uh, Dante is going to be a lot of fun. So we'll all be uh, descending into hell promptly tomorrow. Um, So uh, I hope that y'all will be able to join me for that. It's really the only circumstance under which I would, of course, normally I would not say that I uh, hope you guys will all accompany me to hell. But in this one instance, I I do hope so. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, so but now we're going to shift to our field trip because here's what we're doing. So last week, for those of you who are with us for our field trip last week, we finished our long-term exploration of Angmar, um, which means we have pretty much finished—sorry, I'm not hitting the right thing here. No, why am I not? All right, never mind. Um, we are pretty much finished with um, we, uh, right, We finished Angmar, and we've been pretty much everywhere. In Eriador, except for further south. We haven't been to um, Eregion yet. We haven't been to Enidwife and down towards Dunland. Uh, and that's on purpose, because we're waiting until we get there in the storyline, right? Not Dunland, as we'll never get there in the storyline. Um, but we're going to pass through Eregion with the company, of course, so we're going to wait for the company with that. And we've done everything else. We've been everywhere else here in Eriador. So, we're going to go on an adventure. We actually did the Misty Mountains, us We did, in fact, do the Misty Mountains some time ago, right after we did Rivendell. We sort of segued into the Misty Mountains from Rivendell. Um, so, so, um, uh, we um, uh, we're going to we're going to go. So we, I, I was thinking, we were thinking, let's go somewhere where, which is discuss which we've been discussing, but we have never seen in-game. So I want to go to the Gladden Fields. We're going to head over towards the Vales of Anduin and explore the Gladden Fields. The Gladden Fields, of course, is one of the newer areas released by the game. And the thing that's going to be especially fun about this, there's, there are three things that are especially fun about the Gladden Fields as an in-game field trip destination. The first thing that's fun about them is I've never been there in my life. I've never seen them in-game. So this will be me exploring brand new landscape uh, and doing whole new Archeo gaming that I've never done before. So that's one thing that's really fun about this. The second thing that's going to be really fun about this is that uh, my character Narnian is a complete wuss and totally under level here. He's like 25 levels under level uh, for this area. So he's going to be getting his butt kicked by like every sparrow and finch that flies by uh, right as we go along in the gladden fields. So I will need some help for people who want to contribute to the fun project of keeping my character alive in order to enable me to explore this area. So that's the second fun thing uh, about exploring the Gladden Fields. The third fun thing about this field trip is that I have no idea how to get there. So, um, we're just gonna see what we can find. So that's the plan. Come on. What could go wrong? Before class, Uh... Valora and Druid's fire were trying to convince me that this like probably wouldn't work. And I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna, this is fine. Um, So Narnian just did something for the... So Narnian has never, apart from the Seven Swords quest, that was the only quest Narnian's ever uh, completed. He's never quested at all. He's never completed a quest. He's never leveled up. I did the Valar thing to get him up to level 95. Uh, So he's at level 95 still. Um, Until a couple hours ago, Narnian was still wearing his intro... Outfit like the plumed hat you get from that ranger in the cabin in Breland. Oh, dear. <laughs> right at the end, like so, he had he had like level five gear, uh, until until earlier tonight. <laughs> he a lot about
1: Angmar,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, so, so, however, he's now I told I put on his level 95 stuff. So now he's all armored. I mean, look, look at how it up he is here. Check this out. Here's what Narnian looks like. And now this is this is terrible. Hang on here. I can see him a little bit better there. Yeah, there you go. He he looks uh, sort of like a a really questionable attendant uh, at a like country club or, you know, like he, he looks like a bungalow that's a lot of armor for you yeah he he he, he, he looks like a, a like a cheap bungalow entertainer you know in some uh, in some you know beach resort but anyway that's fine um so cover guy so this is this is what we're gonna do oh, and I see he's got his white shoes on here so he's, he looks like he's wearing sneakers so um so let's go so how do we get there uh, we just, we're just we going to go out, and we're going to go east.
2: <laughs> there are two main ways to get there, okay. over land, without using Mithril Coin. Okay. One is to go through the Misty Mountains, yeah. up through the path where we took uh, Wigand. Right. Uh, and then when we get to the river, hang a right. The other method uh, would be to go to Lothlorien and go northeast from there, and right. Re- run up the river. That actually probably would be safer and shorter. Yeah Safer I think, that's and that's shorter.
0: Okay. And
2: prettier.
0: Well, yeah. Scudo says we should cross the Misties. It's more in character. <laughs> well, it, so here's one advantage of the Misty Mountains. We've been there before. So it would be crossing through familiar territory, going into domain that is adjacent to domain we've already explored. Rather than leaping ahead to a place we haven't explored, which is Lothlorien, and riding up from there.
2: Okay, you're the boss, boss.
1: Right? What could go wrong?
0: So, uh,
2: pretend he's a chicken I, and shoot everything, hunters. I, I get more I get more gray hairs every time. This, this is, is
0: going, going to be fun. Off. So let's let's meet in Rivendell, right? That's the best way, right? Yes. Let's meet in Rivendell. Let's go to Rivendell. So let's just let's go off to Rivendell. Let's meet up in Rivendell yeah. by the stables. In Rivendell. Has
1: anyone got res powers, by the
0: way? It'll be fine. I think okay. probably uh, probably, I might need I somebody to... Because I suspect that I would... If I'm killed, I'm going to totally like res back in Bree, right?
2: Mm, uh, or wherever your, your milestone is set to.
0: Uh, wherever yeah. my milestone is set to? Yeah, generally. I have like two or three. Your main one. My main one. Um, I don't know which one is my... Probably Bree, then. Um, but, um, let
2: us know what, if it happens, Yeah, it's good. It's
0: fine. So yeah, I would just need somebody who could, who, so if we fell it up, you could summon me. Could you, how, how could I get summoned back?
2: That's the problem. You can't,
0: you can't summon me.
2: Uh, nope. You yeah. have to be at least 105.
0: Really? Okay. I'm
2: hunter. I could get you someplace.
0: All right. Well then yeah, we here, down,
2: yeah.
0: here's, here's an interesting thing then. Where's the Grab nearest me, yes. milestone? To like where we're gonna end up to, like, is there a milestone reasonably close to the, you know, like the sort of the front edge there of? Uh, uh, well, that would have been
1: Lothlorien then.
0: Um,
2: there are other milestones. Yeah, I'm, basically, so I'm... basically, I'm just
0: randomly running around town. I think I ran up towards the Prancing Pony because we were talking about milestones. So subconsciously, I was thinking about my milestone. I'm gonna go. To, I'm going down to. The, I'm eventually headed down towards the Stable Master, but I should probably actually think about where I'm in fact going. Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm clear I, now. I do think we should follow
1: path. up, though, so we don't get separated.
0: Yeah! That's a good plan. That's a good plan. We should definitely follow up. Just on the offhand chance that something yeah. bad happens.
1: I, I'm on his Linus today, by the way. He's my
2: highest okay.
0: player. Okay. Cool. Cool.
2: I would have brought my 130. Hey!
0: Yeah! Nokia. So. Be, Bjorning right? Bjorning yes. we could go to. We could milestone there, right? Oh.
2: Yeah, Bjorning would be a good choice. Vegbar Bar is the oh, Bjorning is it connected settlement to, to, close to the rest, close the
0: river. Okay.
1: Is the Bjorning world connected to the rest of the world now?
0: Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that I, d- I remember doing that as a chicken, uh, getting there. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: well, I remember doing the Bjorning en- entry and being so upset I couldn't get any close.
0: Yeah, there. I was too. I was I was I was disappointed about that. So hang on a second. Can you, is there any way to travel, like to take a horse to the, never mind, I want to cross the mountains. This is going to be fun. Okay. Yeah, want no, yeah, I, 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 I want the full effect. I want to see, you know, Wilderwind spreading out before me. That's what I want. I insist. Yeah. Okay. No, this is right, going to be great. Right to the stables. Where are we going? To Rivendell. Where elves yet dwell?
2: So probably our next stop, if you have it unlocked, would be Hrimbarg. It's the closest stable master to.
0: Crimbarg, you say?
2: Oh, I side. can port us there. I think I have a port to
1: trim, Krimber
0: Okay, so you've got it. You can do. You can do a hunter thing to there. Uh, I believe so. Oh, this is uh, gonna be awesome.
1: Yes, Cremberg.
0: And we can go to Rose but we might as well go visit Radagast, like Radagast's house, because. You know, like we just met him for the only time we're ever going to in the Lord of the Rings. So now this yeah. is the perfect area for us to explore. Now, when are we going to get a better excuse to come here? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is going to be awesome. Um, All right,
1: I will be. I'll be standing over here by. Um, uh, Bert Bartleby over here. If you need to be, if you would like to be fouled up with us, please head over here.
0: Bert I, Bearing in mind,
2: nobody can people. see him unless they've done Bingo.
0: Oh yeah, no, you're right, sorry, yeah. I don't see him. He's, oh, okay. he's invisible oh, to Oh, that's
2: me. right, over here.
0: Yeah. If we stand All over right. over by Aragorn's horse, yeah, Rohirrin. All right,
1: okay. I'm also limited, we have a limit of six people, so I'm just... We crazy. do? We can make a raid. We, we, we could totally oh, right. raid be, them. Right. Months, we could yeah. do a raid for this one, we're not doing
0: a... Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not doing instances, so. Uh, okay, so Glorellyn, uh, so, what uh, so is this guy up to? I don't remember this guy.
1: If you still need to be invited, please head over to me.
0: If not, what's he up to oh the edinmore's he wants me to go to the edinmore's no. why would Edinburgh's i do that is the PvP yeah PvP. why is this guy trying to induce me to go to the edinmore's the place is you dangerous get her high
1: enough level to go to the oh i see yeah 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 now okay. you two can wear base game armor again and get eaten by works i
2: well, no, do you can wear cosmetics in
1: okay. the now Okay, you. Oh, that's fine. I generally, if I'm in the Etmores, I'm eating munchy, crunchy habits. Uh,
0: Okay, this is great. All right. Okay, here's D-May Here, she's not in the group yet. Oh, okay. Where's
1: D-May? We should get. Okay, once again, stand over by me if you still need to be fed.
0: Yeah, go over there to to Linus over here. So over here. Yeah, there we go. All right. So yeah. Yes. May miss, I accidentally killed the Balrog. Anybody who accidentally kills a Balrog can... surely is qualified to accompany me across, okay? This is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. Whoa. It's a long list of... Okay.
2: We'll need to make sure both groups have a healer just in case.
0: Oh, yeah, there's another one over there. Uh, She's the only non blue floaty name I see around here, apart from NPCs. Is that everyone? I think. No, oh, there's one more. Yeah, the, la- la- okay. is the one Michael? is running around in circles. Yeah.
2: It would help if you stayed still,
1: please.
2: <laughs> okay, that's right. Well, there's a Sir Narsipal, That's uh, Tomas. Wait, okay. he's, in a def- oh, he's in the other party. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The All right. Yeah. Okay, I think,
1: I think we've got a good If not, ride with us and I'll
0: get you. A- All a- right. A- so this is gonna be awesome. So oh, wait, hang on a second. Okay. What now is, can is, I is,
2: port everyone to I'm here I'm the park, wrong I'm
0: riding the wrong horse. Hang on, on a second. You can. can how you many people D-may can you?
2: will port? have to port the other group if she's got the. Oh, to port. Do you
0: have a yeah. where a are you to gonna
2: Grimberg.
0: port us to? Hrimberg. No, don't port us to Hrimberg. I want to ride over the mountains.
2: Will Hrimberg okay. is on this side of the mountains.
0: Okay, wait, hang on a second. So which one is Hrimberg?
2: Primberg is on this side of the mountains uh it's the it's a dwarf camp so there's some the stuff oh the dwarf it to camp in yeah.
0: himburg yeah okay right sure hey looks like I've yeah, got okay. a quest for there oh no that's just where the war effort needs me okay fine all right
1: uh, yeah.
0: all right fine Lucy, that's fine. fine we can okay. port you there that's fine and then yep. we'll ride over from there that'll be
1: great Have
0: mercy, sir. It's daylight saving. Yeah. So, D to 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 t- Hrimbarg. H r i m b a r g. Hrimbarg.
2: hrimbarg. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I did not get a port request. Huh. What? Hmm. That's okay. I've got a stable map.
0: Yeah, I can't think we. I can't think we were very thorough in our exploration of the Misty Mountains.
2: No, we weren't. We only went to the Goblin Town. So yeah, it was yeah basically and goblins and none of the dwarf encampments. Mm. Some might say if you've seen one, you've seen them all. But yeah, mm. I, I did think we were going to revisit these
1: after looking at uh, Thorin's hall north of Eretluin, but they are kind of samey.
2: Uh, is an Arnthro. He's hanging out with us, but he's not blue named.
1: Arnthro,
0: uh, he's.
2: Uh, Longspond isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's
0: here. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: He's here, but he's not in the ring. That is Blongspawn, yeah. Okay. We should include him ride if ride we can. It. Alrighty. Yep.
0: Yeah. Alright.
2: And, um, Valori, can you please move uh, Guinness over to the other uh, group? That way they have a healer. Sure, I know how to. I
0: was going to say, I don't know how to do that.
1: It's been a while, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. Uh, Yes. Remind me how I know how to do that. Uh,
2: O for the social panel, and go to raid.
0: Uh,
1: Raid, O. Okay, and
2: it's Guinness. Yep. Is that correct? Ooh, drag and drop, nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. That way, each group has at least one healer. Uh, I see gravity is there on his mini, but I think he's in nuke everything from orbit mode, which is fine. That's, that that works sounds
0: useful. Okay. Are we ready? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Uh, I will go to the Gladden Fields, but I do not know the way. Uh, we head vaguely north from here, yeah?
2: You can follow Scamper Bear. I know the way. Okay. Okay.
0: All right, let's let's go. I'm not worst eating, by the way.
2: I'm worst eating in slow mode. It's fine. Okay.
0: All right, I'm just it's enjoying. It's really funny when
2: you get up to the switchbacks with
1: the with the worst eats, though. Yeah, no,
0: I'm not even. It's like a
1: merry-go-round horse coming loose.
0: I'm not even. Let's see. Now that's probably a natural formation. Yeah, I think that those are like buttes up there on the side of the mountains over there.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, I see that. So that's the mountain pass we're looking for?
2: Indeed it is.
0: Excellent. That's fantastic.
2: And off to the right, you can see a giant encampment.
0: Oh, yeah. Darn it, I keep... Stupid UI. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Tempting to steer and look around. No problem. Bringing up the rear. Here we are. Still totally non-threatened by any mobs, so that's fine. Yeah, at this right. Yeah, so the goal tonight is to get to a place that I can get a milestone so that <laughs> having achieved, you know, the journey here this we don't have to redo it every time. We can just pour
1: Okay. Well, it might be a question of the highest um, milestone you are capable of selecting.
0: Oh, wait, do, they're going to limit I that? I recall
1: from my, uh, no. my on-foot trip to Rohan that uh,
2: there are some limits to milestones you can actually accept.
0: No? Did they stop that?
2: Did they stop it? I don't think so. You can, I, I've set my milestone to weird places before.
0: Have okay. a care. The past beyond is dangerous. How bad can it be, man? <sighs> don't say that. Okay, here we are. Oh, look at, like, immediately, right, the, like, look at the barks on the, the bark on the trees. Man, like, the graphics are just better right away. You can tell this is a newer area. Yeah, the
1: hearts are just Look at
0: this. Not only, not only is the, is the name of the place in red, but I've got, like, a yellow flashing box around it. Like, you do realize where you are. Dangerous places.
2: Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Bearing in mind that even the Lady Deer will attack you. even though Oh, the no, absolutely.
0: Oh, Just get, like that one that chased Wigan down, the, down the tunnel at Henneth Noon one time. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. No problem. OK, so, so uh, I far. I think I
1: better get on my war if we got targets
0: now. Nice wintry landscape. That's great. Love the mist. OK, so where are we in our map here? OK, coming down the pass. We're still in the mountains, though. We're still up, we're still high, up in the mountains. This is the way we. Re- I, I went through here as a chicken, didn't I? Yep. Oh, I think
2: yeah. we went through here on a Mythgard. Yeah, this was a Wigand run. I think. Yeah. Well, I, yeah,
0: I, I, we're I, Wigan. I, 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 but not, not in Mythgard. Mythgard days were st- the, the like the Mythgard Mondays were still pre, like before this was no, in, a released. No, Mythmoot. Mythmoot. Oh, Mythmoot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just... The chicken run. Yeah, the chicken run.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. I remember. Uh...
0: Boy that that wolf is having some issues. Having some yeah. like Come needs on, some Eat medical food. attention. Um Yeah, no, I'm remembering the surroundings. And was I running in the form of a chicken or was I just running as Wigan straight from
1: I think we were just running.
0: Yeah, I just did it a It was
1: a Wigan adventure. Yeah, that's right. We were going to go to Thrandul's palace. That was what.
0: Yeah. it was yeah. We went all the way through to because Mar- it was my first time through Northern Mirkwood, so it's the yeah. second time I've seen this path. But I, the, everybody made me stick to the path because they're like, it's too dangerous. We tried to path. keep you on the path. Well, I know, yeah. but that's the point.
2: <laughs> but it was so exciting.
0: Whereas now you see, we are in field trip mode, and you know what that means? Thorough exploration. That's what oh, that means. Great.
2: I don't think you're gonna pick up the deed, though. That nah, here. that's
0: okay. Don't need the deed. Okay, but now it's here exciting. you can see the land opening out beneath us. Ah, the green lands as we descend towards the foothills of the mountains. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, I'm st- ah, sorry. I'm still used to trying to turn with my left quicker, and I can't turn. That's okay. Okay, we've descended below the snow line. I'm looking for any evidence of stuff. Where are we going to be coming down? Okay, we're going to come down south of the Carrick. Uh So, this basically, this is where... This is the the other side of the path that Gandalf and Elrond were trying to send uh, Bilbo and company on in The Hobbit. Right, and they ended up coming out further north by the Carrack, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Now we found the Wolf Glade, didn't we? When I came yes. through before?
2: We did find the Wolf Glade Ooh. and the fir trees, etc. We just passed them on the left.
0: Wait, we just passed the fir trees?
2: They're back uh, back this way.
0: Oh, Okay. Well, that's extremely tempting. But I'm going to try to stick with my primary objective tonight, which is getting through and finding a milestone, because this is not a marathon uh, uh, broadcast. This is a normal field trip. Sort of normal. Oh, there's... No, as normal as, like, somebody being chased around in circles by a deer is normal, which is not very normal. But I suppose around here it's going to be... This is going to be the new normal. People being chased and hunted by deer will be the new normal for field trips. Love the waterfall. Uh oh, somebody's nice. killing me. I wonder who That's... it is. Oh, it's a it's a worm. That's embarrassing. A crawler is in heavy pursuit. It's still around. Oh, it's going. Oh no, a deer! <laughs> alone for two seconds. Nope. No way. Whew. Ah. See, but I'm fine. Look, I, I I took like three hits and it didn't kill me. What was that thing called? A hell heart? No, a hill heart. Okay, I'm going to say it looked more like a hell I'm to
1: say a hell heart. More, but... more like a
0: hell heart to me, but man, this place is thick with these aggressive deer.
1: Yeah.
0: Boy, I'm going to tell Grifflet about this. He's going to feel all of his suspicions just... Heartily confirmed. Um,
2: Heartily confirmed?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, we're turning off to the right here? Yes, please. Okay, that's good, because I've, I've got, I think, two deer pursuing me right now. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, uh, because I started to go the other way, in fact.
2: Ah,
1: gotcha.
0: Because the other road you see led to what looked like a ruin, so I was assuming that's obviously the way that we wanted to go, but I can understand if it's not. Right, this is... Oh, I see there's a... There's a... There's a, a a stable master here.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a veg bar. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely click on okay.
0: that. I keep yeah. seeing that person's wolf and thinking it's coming to kill me. Okay, so... We'll just
1: assume it is,
0: and we'll just... Right. That <laughs> <out>. <laughs> well, that's what I am. I'm just assuming any, any, any mobile creature I see is probably coming after me. Okay, so... Yeah, what do we ha- Oh, stuff. these are bears. They're... no. Okay, they're not going to kill me. They are killing they're to, me.
2: They're trying to kill me.
0: They just killed me.
2: I'm going to be ordering.
0: What on earth is going on here?
2: Misunderstanding. Why are the
0: bears running amok?
2: They're not supposed to. They're friendli- They're supposed to be friendly. Well, I
0: thought I saw or, that uh, they were guards, and then all of a sudden they zero. jumped me.
2: Maybe you're too low level.
0: Yeah, JJ says know we know. didn't pay the toll, probably. Oh, now they've become invisible. Who's swinging axes? There's like an
2: invisible...
0: There are ghost bears swinging ghost axes.
2: Bear's this actually may be a bug.
0: This is yeah, bizarre.
2: So. Let's let's just abandon. Let's just
1: keep going. I guess.
0: Where's the stable master? All right. I'm gonna. I'm uh, gonna. Is everybody okay for me to uh, revive? I'm. I'm. reviving. Except I'm. Evi- I'm reviving I'm, I'm in Bree. Quick. Okay. Yeah. This um, is bizarre. So the bad news is I'm in Bree now, but.
2: To put this in Slack after class so Cordovan can see it tomorrow.
0: That was that was not my fault, okay? Everything was going according to plan.
2: Well I'm back in town Whoa. and nobody's attacking me.
0: Right. Okay. Um uh is it possible to rally horn me?
2: Uh no. If it's red to work. you, no.
0: If it's red to me, no? Yeah, no,
2: it got me out um, of the mouth. We can rally you to... Bjorning House? Bjorning House. Yeah. yeah, because that's... Maybe. It's still got me engaged. Bear. I can't turn it off.
0: You're still in combat, Run mode?
2: out of town if you can. I'm still in
1: combat.
0: Boy, that was just... Look, I didn't... That was something that was really not calculable, I got to tell you.
2: No, no, no. That That's a... definitely a bug. I'm fairly with.
0: When the with local bears it. just set on you...
2: Uh, well, when animals attack.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, now they're
2: attacking me again. Oh, yeah, no, they
1: yeah.
0: Frankly, I don't think I want to come back to where you guys are. But hang on a second. So where can I? Is there anywhere I can? Um, I'm in Southbury there... now. Where do you get to? Isn't there a stable master at the Bjorning house?
2: not directly from Bree. there's one called hultvist which hultvist. is a far-reaching stable master sure you're gonna have to use a mithra coin to yeah, get no there. worries i don't know if the bears there will do what they did here
0: we, we can only we can only see
2: all right I'm, okay i'm heading that way myself
0: all right i'll, I'll go there
2: i still got a Bjorning guard on my tail
0: <laughs> that was amazing <laughs>
2: That's almost as bad as the moose from um, Durin's Day for the girls on the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Earth. That
0: was I completely that. amazing. Alright, I'm in Holtless and so far not yet being attacked.
2: Well, you're still on a stable mount, too.
0: Okay, no, I'm off it now. Hang on. Oh, and there's okay, the stable master and I'm introducing myself. Okay. Alright, I'm in Holtless and so far so good. And, okay, alright, I see where I am. Okay, I'm on the other side of the river from you guys now. Maybe I'll just ride no, up and meet either. up with you guys. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, I'm, just
2: we're kidding. coming down to you.
0: Okay. Um, now, is there a milestone here? That would be even handy. Yes, handier. there
2: should be. All Can right.
1: I do it while I'm in combat mode is the question? I'm
0: going into the middle of town, because I guess this would be as good a place as any to start our explorations from. Let's see. What does the milestone look like? Oh, it's right there in front of my face. Honestly, okay.
2: I would have suggested hold this, but I didn't want to... Nope, it won't let me. It according. says my
0: level is too low to milestone it.
2: Gosh darn it. Um, Minimum level
0: 105. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, no problem. At least I have the Stable Master. So I should be able to ride here from Bree then, right?
2: Yep. Yep. What no do problem. come back here is another question. The, the levels are very unfriendly.
0: Well, they were up yeah. there. I mean, we'll have to consider like a, you know, a trip up there, but... Um, They're a bit...
1: No, there's still invisible floating ghost axes.
0: (laughs) They're still being attacked by invisible floating... Are they following you, the invisible ghost axes?
1: I can't tell because they don't show up on the
2: meter.
0: Man, that was just bizarre.
2: One of the things about mobs, Mordor and beyond, is they will follow you longer than you're used to from previous content,
0: Uh once they
2: aggro onto you. All right. That was actually kind of fun and weird. but still. That was, I mean,
0: it was definitely weird. I mean, it was kind of fun.
2: That was, that brought me,
1: brought back memories of Lorian right there. Nope, got killed by a guard again.
0: Yep. Oh. Okay, right. So there you are, Druids Fire. Here we are right in front yep. of the gates. Yep.
1: Well, this is Laurie, as good a are place you still as. way back at, uh, No, back I just, at... I, I got not, I got killed again. And, um, it was in the red circle just outside of town.
0: Okay. Alright, so yeah, I think we'll I think we'll so we'll plan to start here in uh in Holtvist next time. If I can if I can if I can quick travel here from Bree, that's as good as anything else. So that's fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's, bring still rally horns next
0: Who time. needs a mile? So I have rally horns, but they I guess you said wouldn't well, work. I was gonna bring so.
2: Valori over. Yeah. Right. Uh, nice. where, where are you guys at? We're at Holtvist.
0: Yeah, we're at the we're at the the, the gates of Holtvis.
1: Where, where is Holt, is Lutfisk,
0: Holtfisk, is it's it? the it's the it's the town look at the across map, the it's river.
2: It's got the blue horse on it.
1: Yeah, it's the
0: blue oh, horse okay. town. Exactly. Why is the horse blue? I was wondering that.
2: That is called Holtfisk. a far-ranging stable master.
0: That oh. means that they
2: can go various places that regular local stable masters cannot.
0: Okay, right on. Okay.
2: In fact, well, Holtfisk I, was the very first one in the game.
0: Can't wait. There are statues. There are. This is going to be great. So, we'll start here in Hultvisk because why not? I mean, I kind of like to start in the Gladden Fields themselves, but we'll start here and then we'll head down towards the Gladden Fields. And then we'll head back up towards the town with the invisible bear axes. And then we'll head back, swing back around by the Bjorning House and the Carrick and then Ross Gobel. This is going to be great. We're going to thoroughly explore all of this place and um, anybody who needs to get there, like, you know, They're like venison deeds out of the way. I don't know if there are (laughs) venison deeds here, but um, they would certainly okay. Those, all right, man, don't mess me about with bog guardians like that. Like, I'd heard rumors about the bog guardians around here, I was expecting that one to jump me. Um, anyway, look, there's a wild deer over there, and he's not even attacking. (laughs)
2: <laughs> don't get its attention. And it's, don't, kind don't like, do you know, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind um, of like T Rex's at Jurassic Park.
0: Right. The Forest Heart has two hundred and twenty thousand morale points.
2: Yep. That wow. is amazing. They will mess that you is, up. They're
0: that is very amazing. confident, dear. Um. Okay. Well, that now did I not say this was going to be an exciting field trip today? Like, boy, that was something we did not expect. So. Thanks everybody for helping me find my way. Mostly, now I found my way safely to the Bjorning lands when an unaccountable and wholly unexpected, but incredibly interesting and fun thing happened. And next week we shall begin exploring the land of the Bjornings into a brave new country full of uh, architecture and uh, and uh, uh, you know plastic arts that we have not seen anywhere else. So I can't wait. Uh, and. Um, so we'll begin that next week, and then we will go out from here, and uh, uh, and everything is going to be great. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> uh, I look forward to my, this. Is, this field trips are going to be so much fun for the next few months. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> so thanks, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye now. Bye.